0: This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170, or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Good
1: Friday morning. And, ah, oh, that doesn't that sound good? Welcome in at 6 o'clock here on a Friday morning. Scott Files in the other room. I'm Rick Corey, as that big voice guy just said, right here in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio on a Friday drive to work. Yes, sir, we had college football, we had NFL football, we had high school football last night, and we have more of that during the weekend. Oh, my goodness, isn't it glorious? And it uh, we had one game right here in town. Scott File and I were both there. Last night, shall I mention your mishap or
2: just go right on by it? Oh, I, yeah, you can mention, I can (laughs) mention, yeah. Well,
1: let me, uh, let me go to say this and I'll let you explain. So I'm sitting inside there. I'm sitting inside our booth at at, uh, H.H. Chapman Stadium. And Bruce Howard, my broadcast partner, comes in, and we just finished doing an interview with the Temple play-by-play guy, who we had earlier this week, so I got the chance to meet Mr. Cop, which was nice. And Bruce sat down and said, hey, uh, your buddy Scott File just uh, just spilled his plate of food all over the place out there. And unfortunately, you had an incident.
2: Yeah, because I was trying to grab a quick bite of food up in the (laughs) press box before our live shot at 620, and I accidentally knocked over a trash can. I bent over to pick it up, and the food last night was... uh, Beef tips and noodles. Yeah, beef tips and noodles which were they were pretty good i liked them they were so i bent over to pick up the trash can and i forgot about the plate in my hand so as i bent over to pick up the trash can <laughs> oh, yeah. about half of my noodles and beef tips just slid right off the plate oh. the floor.
1: you know and you're not the first to do it and you won't be the last but to do i that. did keep
2: my cookie the cookie did not fall off the plate
1: good so. man you have priorities there and you know from that point on it went pretty well out there for university of tulsa and everybody else Tulsa getting a nice win over temple yes it's a game you're supposed to win but the key is you want it the way you're supposed to win it too and we'll Get into that a little bit later on today. So, what are we going to do on this Friday? Well, it's Friday, so we're going to end it a special way. We have much to talk about. Uh, we will want to talk about Tulsa Temple. Scott will not want to talk about Green Bay last night, no. but we're going to have to anyway. Uh, we'll also get into this weekend's college football schedule. Uh, there are some very good and some telling games. There's some recruiting news actually happened yesterday afternoon, but in case you missed it, we'll get to that. Get into the high school football tonight. The Orioles clinched last night, and how about the story they have been? I'm really happy for Jackson Holiday being in that organization because that's a that's a team that not long ago was just terrible. I mean just they couldn't draw flies and Camden's a great place and just they were terrible. And you talk about a turnaround. My goodness, they have done it in a hurry.
2: And speaking of Jackson Holiday, I don't know if you saw this or not, he will be playing for the triple a championship and they'll be taking on the oklahoma city dodgers how about so that there's another little oklahoma tie of course unfortunately that game's in vegas but uh, still
1: yeah so it's kind of cool i wouldn't be i would imagine that some of the holiday family might be out there you know near a one iron bandit and then go into that game as well To have a chance to see that. Speaking of that, last night I know Pop and Colby. You know, Colby was out uh, last night at River Spirit Sports, uh, River Spirit Casino at Scoreboard Sports Bar because it's the Thursday you know show. But Pop had to be at the arena with us, so Pop was with us. Colby was out there. So uh, Colby had mentioned that Colby had mentioned or Pop had mentioned to Colby, you got two choices here because you're already in Tulsa, right? So you can either you can either go to the Tulsa game, you can come out here. Or you can go see the Beach Boys, because they were last night. Colby showed up. He made it there. By the way, guess who else was there? You probably saw him, Steve Spurrier.
2: I did. I I saw him. uh, He walked right by me before the game, yeah.
1: Yeah, Coach Spurrier was there. It seemed
2: weird seeing him with a a Tulsa polo. Yeah, it was. As a matter of fact, I only noticed
1: him because I saw a guy who was limping. Uh, and I thought, wait a minute, it kind of looked a little bit like one of our, our guys, Doc Maurerman, except Doc's taller. And I thought, who is that? And I used field glasses, and hey, that's Coach Spurrier. So he told Jeremy, and Jeremy went over and grabbed him and did an interview. I'm going to find it on our logger here. Because the way Jeremy started it, and then the yeah, coach jumps yeah, yeah, Pop told yeah, me about that. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it was
1: it was really good. So we're going to see if we can't grab that for you. We'll get Kevin Wilson from postgame last night. As you can imagine, he was pretty happy too. Uh, then like, you know the ESPN crew was there last night, and this this is two of the three guys I really like that do college football final. It was Matt Barry and Dan Mullen, and, and then Joey Porter's the other guy who does college football final. And he wasn't there. As a matter of fact, I didn't recognize the sideline guy. Did you?
2: I'm trying to remember if I even saw him last night. I saw him, but
1: he was really innocuous. He looked like it. I mean, he was standing there talking to Matt Barry for the longest time uh and i i really enjoy the work matt berry does i'm not a fanboy for anything but i like the way that guy i mean for someone like reese davis is ridiculously knowledgeable and you have to appreciate that but i like matt berry the way he approaches the show and his fluidity anyway i i I would have liked to have just at least said hello to him last night and i didn't have a chance because of our prep and all but i did like that i like that crew and that crew seemed pretty um happy with tulsa and then today, if you go to ESPN and go to college football and go to college football scores, the top story right now is Tulsa beating Temple. Now, yeah,
2: And they were just replaying the game yep, here right yep, before yep. Uh, 6 o'clock. Yep. So, and Tulsa yeah.
1: gave them a lot of good things to replay. A lot of deep balls last night. Some incredible catches. The Devin Williams catch on the out-of-bounds line, uh, which was as good as you'll ever see as he's falling down. And they had to replay that thing and find it. And I mean, they had to slow it down to milliseconds. But it was really clear from the first time that that was a catch and they were able to correct that one. So we'll get into all that today. Then coming up at 6.50, this day in sports history with Scott at 7.10, the state fair is here. What will you eat on a stick? or anything else for that matter, we're going to find out from Amanda Blair from Tulsa State Fair what is new out there. At 7.30, Keith Riggs from Jinx, as we have high school football tonight. Of course, you'll hear the game Jinx right here on the Blitz. And at 8.10, John Walters. He's the play-by-play voice of Iowa State. He'll join us today, and we'll break down Iowa State and Oklahoma. It's a team, as we've mentioned, that gives Oklahoma you know, fits generally when they're in Iowa State or when they're in Norman and when they're in Iowa State. And what is it about Iowa State and Oklahoma teams? I mean, I don't know their history with everybody, know. but they just seem and you know what if you look at the overall records, Oklahoma leads this series a thousand to two or whatever, but it seems like
2: 79, seven and two.
1: right, I know, but but in the last three, I mean, even though they've lost two of them, it's just they've been great games, and of course, they, they've been disruptive. To really good years, sometimes too. And, you know, and at any rate, for whatever reason, Iowa State occasionally seems to be a, a thorn in the it's side. It's something
2: about Ames. I yeah. blame it
1: all on Ames. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ames overall, and I like uh, Tri- Jack Trice Stadium, but it is a difficult place to play. Speaking of stadiums, you know the you know the Lions now, <clears throat> and I'm really happy because of Malcolm Rodriguez. The Lions have won at Lambeau and at Arrowhead this year. That's that's pretty salty. For a Detroit team that you know coming in, you, I don't know about you. I'm I've, you've heard me say a thousand times. I don't think Jared Goff's going to win you a lot of championships, but this is a Lions team. You're like, all right, they're fine, they're fine, and then they win at Lambeau and then they win at Arrowhead. That's pretty strong. That's 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 good stuff.
2: I got nothing to say to that. That was just that was just awful. Hey, come on. The Packers' offensive line is in trouble right now.
1: Oh, they are. Well, they're in trouble in a lot of places. But you have to like what's happening in Detroit, and you'll have to like the story. I mean, I, heard, I saw somebody say they reflect the city. They're blue-collar. They're hard workers. They're kind of scruffy. Get down and, and, and rumble with you. Again, Malcolm Rodriguez, they are like that dude. You know, kind of underestimated all the time and continuing to just play at a high level. I like you, know, And, th- and with, if you look at the North, everybody up there stinks except them. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's a good time to be even a little better if you're a Detroit fan, right? Because everybody, Green Bay's not good, Minnesota's not good, and the Bears are dreadful. So, hey, you keep everybody healthy, keep Goff at least from throwing the ball to the other guy. Keep him a little bit clean, and you're all good. And he only threw for 201 yards last night, but they ran it. They ran it really well against a Green Bay defense that's struggling as well. Uh, Plus, we, of course, will get into Taylor Swift being in New York. I found someone who completely agrees with Scott File, thinks it's all a put-on, all a fake. And I have a question about that. We'll get to that a little bit later on. What else are we going to get to? Uh, Well, Travis Hunter, the Colorado player, who unfortunately had the serious injury when he was hit with the bat, you know, the uh, cheap shot from Blackman, the Colorado State player. They've now made up, but then Travis Hunter made a little little misstep on social media. <laughs> oh, I cannot laugh, and I'll get into that a little bit later. I guess on I today. missed the
2: misstep because I didn't see that. I saw that they hung out and kind yeah. of. Well, I don't know if there was ever any bad blood because Hunter never really nope, said anything. he never did. But you, they, you know, they kind of mended mended the, mend the fences, but I didn't see a misstep. Well, so you I,
1: you have to think if you are Travis Hunter, you weren't very pleased. Oh, I, I absolutely. But no, he never said anything. And you know, Colorado to to their credit and to Prime's credit, they didn't go crazy. No, not at all. They just you know, and Prime actually said, Defended "Hey, him. stop with the the death threats. Don't be stupid." Yeah, he did a little bit, but the misstep was not that. The misstep came. I guess I missed this. <laughs> the misstep game. And it was Pop. I got to admit, it was Pop who showed me. He was behind us yesterday because, again, he's doing the show out at, at, at Chapman. And he says, Rick, Rick. And I, I look back and he showed me something on his phone. Yeah, well, I'll get into that. As I mentioned, the Oreos clinch. Uh, and then what else? Oh, Oregon State, Washington State has their court date. We'll get into that one as well all coming up today. Plus, remember, you can sign up to win a pair of tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys anytime just by texting Dallas to 918-262-5072. Text the word Dallas to 918-262-5072, and you can sign up to win a pair of tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get into some NFL today as well. Six eleven Blitz 1170. He's Scott File. I'm Rick Corey. All right, so when we come back, I will uh, I will get into, well, we'll actually listen to a little bit of Kevin Wilson, and I'm going to see if I can't find uh, Steve Spurrier in Poplin. <laughs> you know, Brad Sham, the Cowboys voice, has corrected me multiple times. Well, Pop got one last night from Steve Spurrier. We'll see if we can't find it. Get it to you coming up here on the Blitz. Guarantee they'll fit. Blindster.com.
0: From the Oklahoma sports desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170
2: app. Tulsa opened AAC play with a 48-26 win over Temple Thursday night. Cardell Williams had 244 yards passing and rushed for 90 more and totaled four touchdowns in the victory. The Tulsa defense limited Temple to just 44 yards on the ground and 269 yards passing. Top-ranked Bixby moves to 2-0 in district play after beating Southmore 66-0 last night. It's the fourth straight game. The Spartans have eclipsed the 60-point mark. Also last night, Tahlequah Sequoia beat Henrietta 22-12. Gore beat Canadian 58-0, and Regent Prep beat Summit Christian 55-6. And don't forget to tune into the Oklahoma Ford Friday Football Blitz tonight on News on 6, our Tulsa Tech game of the week. It's Collinsville at Bishop Kelly. We'll have highlights from that game and several others from around Green Country. The fun starts at ten nineteen. The 14th-ranked Sooners will host Iowa State Saturday night in their final Big 12 home opener. Oklahoma is 79-7-2 all-time against the Cyclones, but two of those losses have come in the past six seasons. Kickoff set for 6 p.m., at Memorial Stadium. Arkansas hits the road for the second week in a row as the Hogs travel to AT&T Stadium, to take on Texas A&M in the Southwest Classic. Razorbacks have dropped 10 of the last 11 meetings with the Aggies, kick off in Arlington Arlington set for 11 a.m. And the 25th ranked RSU men's soccer team notched another top 25 win as they took down rival number 16 Northeastern State one to nothing last night. Hugo Martin's goal in the 56th minute was the game winner. That's the window world of Tulsa two-minute drill. I'm Scott File on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
0: The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 k HD2.
1: Yes, sir. 615 and ma'am. Right here on the Blitz 1170. It's a Friday drive to work. Rick, Corey, and Scott File. We are here in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio reminding you that you have an opportunity to get some tickets to see Pumpkin Town Farms. Pumpkin Town Farms is that place at 60 version Garnett drove by last night there, Scott, as I was uh, going to and from some of the doctor's appointments with Lindsey. And as I drove by there. I was looking over to see if they were completing everything. They've got all the pumpkins lined up because they opened last weekend for you to get in. They've got all the right stuff. They have a barn set up out there now. Plus, they've got, you know, the, the maze. There's slides and all kinds of cool stuff out there. Some little pony rides, you name the whole thing. And, but it costs to get in. And, you know, it's really busy on the weekends. Well, we've got an opportunity for you to get four tickets, four tickets to go to Pumpkin Town Farms. Just go to TheBlitzTulsa.com. It's TheBlitzTulsa.com right now. You have a chance to sign up and win those tickets. All right, 616 here on this Friday, Drive to Work. Love to have your interactions at 918-262-5072. Let us know what you thought about uh, anything that happened last night. you a Packers fan, a a Lions fan, if you're a Tulsa fan? Had a pretty good crowd for a Thursday. I'll tell you the other thing, and Scott, I know you were there. One of the questions we asked, and we said yesterday, look, it's not going to be like OU. It's not a Saturday morning. It's not an early game. They don't have all the Oklahoma fans there. But when you drove by the Commons... You know, the King Cabbage Band was out. They still had the stage. They still had the tents out there. It was still a really good atmosphere. They decorated the campus up for fall. And then I thought a pretty good crowd last night for a Thursday.
2: Yeah, uh, I was up on the roof, so it was kind of hard for me to see the home side. But I saw the box score said 17-5. and. There were, t- there were times there were a couple of, like, third down, fourth down. It got you know, loud. T- yeah, it got loud. And so yeah, I I give it up.
1: And, you know, I, I've heard I've been around a lot in my time. I've been around a lot of coaches who will come into a game or after a game when the crowd wasn't very good, honestly. And they would say disingenuously, hey, you know, we really appreciate the crowd. It's a good crowd. when they knew it wasn't. And I've even heard guys complain about the crowd and then go out, you know, and publicly in the media say it's a good crowd, right? Coach Wilson last night at the end of his locker room talk, and he was fired up now. Because remember, he said these two games, and he was talking about Northern Illinois last night, two most important pivotal games. Now, you have to win those to make them the most important as you move on down the stretch because it gets you to 3-2. and And these are really important games, and we have to pinpoint these and all that. Well, they'd won those games. He was fired up about that and the response. But then he said he was finishing up his locker room speech, and they always finish with the Lord's Prayer. And they were finishing that. And as the team started to get up, he goes, hang on, hang on. He said, I want you guys to remember what you saw. I said, that was a really good crowd for a Thursday night. They were loud. They were into it. And he said, anybody that's in front of the media, if you got a chance, remember the crowd. And I thought that was really cool. I've never heard a coach say that before. You always hear them say, take care of yourself, be smart, don't do anything stupid tonight, you know, that kind of thing. You hear that, and they should say those things because even though you know it's a given, they're kids, (laughs) right? You have to. But I thought it was really cool that Coach Wilson made the point to tell his players, if you're in front of the media, if you're going out, if you're talking to anybody, if you're even on campus, say thank you. I mean, And look, 17-5, if they announced 17 and had 15, I don't care. The point is, after the Oklahoma game, which, yeah, you got you got beat handily, but you didn't really expect – well, you expected to play hard, and you did. But you put on a really good product. And, again, it's not just the game. It's the entertainment. It's the product you put on the field, and you put out excitement, and you put out fun beforehand, and you've got a nice-looking campus. You did all those things, and you did it again last night. It would have been very easy, and it would have especially been very easy for this school a few years ago. Prior to Rick Dixon, to do exactly the opposite, to put on the dog for Oklahoma, and then on Thursday night when Temple's coming to town, kind of let it go. You know, maybe do a little something, but not much. And they didn't. They 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 pushed it again. They they wanted tailgaters again. They they put out the atmosphere again. They had fireworks after the game last night. If you stayed around any, I mean, I, I thought Scott last night was an indication. We know this group, we know that president Carson, we know that Rick Dixon wanted to do it right. I thought last night was an excellent example of that.
2: And the one thing that I enjoyed even though it was a school night, but there were a lot of kids there. There were. And not only were there kids there, like they were into it. They like they were watching the game, they were having fun. Uh I noticed before the before kickoff, there were a bunch of kids on that little field yes. that they put in by the stadium yep. and uh, even towards the end of the game there there were a lot of kids down there but that's good to see because that's how you hook the next generation of uh-huh. fans yep and then and like i said it was so good to see so many kids there having fun into the game enjoying yep. it i thought i thought that was the biggest thing that i it was
1: out. fantastic. I, I, you know, and look, I know they have, you know, I know this is the beginning. You, you've you got to cultivate this and you have to grow this and it has to keep going. And you don't have the fan base that Oklahoma State and Oklahoma have. And we know that. We know that Tulsa is a smaller school. We know a lot of the graduates move away. And the OSU graduates, you know, you graduates move away too. But a lot of them still stay in state and they re, they remain they remain fans of those teams. a lot of these Tulsa kids when they get out of school, they move away i mean they 're coming here for chemical engineering or engineering or petroleum engineering or whatever, and they 're going to other jobs out of state I know you know I know several you know, I know a lot of people have gone to school there, of course because of my time there and I know like in my wife 's graduating class, which was a long time ago <laughs> i 'm sorry honey um, that i mean all I think it was three quarters of them gone i mean immediately out of state, so they 're cultivating new. If you will, without skin in the game, fans. Now, if you've got family who you know, you got a kid who plays there, you got a you know a son, a grandson, a daughter, a cousin, or whatever, which is why local recruiting is important. That's one thing, but you're trying to cultivate people for the entertainment value as well. And I thought they did a nice job. All right, so you know we they even drew Steve Spurrier last night. Of course, the reason they did is his son's the offensive coordinator, Steve Spurrier Jr., who, by the way, is a terrific guy. I mean, that dude is—you know—the first time we interviewed him, Scott, he's—he was so upbeat, and I said, "You like this all the time?" Yeah, I am, and he is, because I'm around him now in the office some when we go do our meetings, right? And he's just always that way. He never seems pressured or stressed. Always seems like he's having a good time. But his dad, Steve Spurrier, Sr., was there last night, so as I said, Scott noticed him, I noticed him, and I, you know, and I sent a note down to Pop because Pop was trying to test our our sideline mic. I said, "You notice Spurrier is down there?" He said, "Yeah." So he went over and asked him if he'd talk to him, and he did. Well, I mentioned that Jeremy Poplin now has the notoriety of being corrected by <laughs> Steve Spurrier. So here is, we, this is the interview we played last night during our pregame show right before Tulsa and Temple as Jeremy got with Coach Spurrier.
3: I'm here with the old ball coach, head Steve Spurrier, ball coach, head headball coach, yeah, yeah. here <laughs> on the Tulsa sidelines. Coach, welcome to Tulsa. Uh, how many opportunities have you had to be here with your son here now? As he oh, this is the first
4: time. Okay. First time. Yeah, Thursday night game. easy to get out here for this. And uh, I had a chance to go watch a meet uh, a little bit yesterday and so forth. Coach Wilson does an excellent job, I think. Coaches got good coaching staff. And uh, I really think the Tulsa team's ready to play today. Tonight. When you watch
3: them from a distance, what's the first thing that stands out to
4: you? Well, the first thing in, excuse me, in practice, uh, they were all knew what they were doing. You know, it was rapid fire running plays, defense running their stuff. So it wasn't, of course, wasn't full speed or anything yesterday, but uh, they they look organized and ready to go. So I, I expect them to play well tonight.
3: When you when you talk to your son, what has been his experience so far in conversations with you about being here on the staff?
4: Oh, they all love it here. Yeah, Tulsa is a neat place. Not quite as big as those state universities we've all been at. But, you know, you got a team. You get to play against other guys. Same competition. One team's trying to win. The other one hopes to also. So it's uh, this a wonderful place to live. I've able to travel around a little bit uh, Tulsa in the last day or two. But uh, it, it's a, a neat place here.
3: What are you keeping yourself busy with now in this stage of your life?
4: Well, in Gainesville, I do some cameos, I've got a restaurant called Spurrier's Gridiron Grill that has done very well, not because of me, but because of location, good food, we got a whole bunch of trophies and game balls and championship stuff in there, so we got a, we got sort of a museum also, and, uh, but we got good food, that's why it's done so well. So I do that and then travel a bit and, you know, try to watch Steve's teams play. So here we are. Yeah, we better watch out because Temple's running out. Coach, I
3: I do appreciate your time so much for joining us. Welcome to the City of Tals. We hope you enjoy your stay. Okay,
4: thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much.
3: Guys, that's head coach Steve Spurrier.
1: The head coach, not the old ball coach, the head ball coach. I would have sworn, Scott, that when he did that, he said, I'm just an old ball coach. Isn't that what he said? Isn't that the famous line?
2: That's what I said, because I even tweeted out the old ball coaches here on the sideline, so I'm guilty of it, too. Yeah, well, apparently he wasn't the old ball coach.
1: (laughs) Either that or all of us were just completely wrong. That could be the case as well. It is 625 here on the Blitz 1170, right? That's just what Jeremy did last night with Spurrier, which I thought was really cool. It's nice having him there. And a couple of things he said that I thought were really spot on. He talked about the pace of, of Coach Wilson's practices. There are no wasted steps zero wasted steps guys are you know when uh, jeremy said last night to us on the broadcast coach wilson walks with a purpose there is there's no doubt about that uh, every step that guy takes is for a reason and he's going somewhere to do something and that team practices and organizes themselves the same way and they move that way on the sidelines you know they we had last night there were two instances they had to call two fairly early timeouts and he was not happy <laughs> he was hopping around yelling at assistants and he's not a big guy at doing that you know, a lot of coaches, Doug Graham, will go up and down the sidelines and just scream at guys and fire them three or four times during a game and hire them back. And you know what? You can say all day long, well, oh, I know he doesn't mean it, but that starts to really wear on you. There's some guys who just can't take that, mm-hmm. and you can lose really good coaches that way. Coach, uh, Coach Wilson will turn and talk to guys, but I, you know, he doesn't get after guys an awful lot like that. It'll happen occasionally, but he got after him last night because there were a couple situations, especially that second timeout when they just couldn't get a play in, and he got just irritated and he called timeout and then turned immediately to one of his coaches and <laughs> made a beeline in that quick little step he takes over there. But you know, his his practices, his organization, you know, Coach Breyer is on the nose, man. He is. He's got it together. There is no question about that. It is so nice to see. And you know, it's that's not. I don't want to talk poorly about those who have moved on, but that's not been the case lately.
2: Yeah, and, and you even notice it during pregame too, because I was just kind of because we were down on the field before the game when you do our live shot, and you just you just even watch him down there during pregame, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys kind of you know, you know they kind of. Kind of, it's a leisurely stroll. Yes. You you you're thinking of things. You're not really, you know, really into what's going on a pregame. But he was moving all around. I mean, he was blowing the whistle. He, I mean, you you even see it during pregame.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and his school, his his team reflects that too, which I thought was really cool. All right, we'll get the comments from Coach Wilson that he made post game for us a little bit after uh, six thirty here today, and we're also going to kind of preview the rest of college football. Scott and I are going to make our picks a little bit later on as well, and uh, you know what we might do, Scott. You know, we were talking about trying to get somebody to, you know, to pick with us, having like a celebrity picker, and sometimes that's easy, sometimes it's not. We may just cultivate a caller to pick with us. Let's see if maybe we do that during the day. We'll talk about, about possibly doing that one. So we'll get into the other college football games, and yet we definitely have to get into Green Bay and Detroit last night, and again, as I said, Baltimore clinching and where we are in baseball. All this to get into plus the high school football, and I'll give you the Travis Hunter story. Oh, and I did mention Oklahoma lost out on a recruit last night, or yesterday. And this is a big one. And it's also kind of setting another trend in at least for one team in what's happening for them in recruiting. So we'll get to that as well. Plus, we'll have your calls and – or, pardon me, your texts at 918-262-5072. We're to remind you that every Wednesday we honor the best in high school football. Someone, either last night or tonight, is going to earn this. The Oklahoma High School Football Player of the Week. gets the Athlete of the Week presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma – We announce it Wednesdays around 8 o'clock, right here on the Blitz 1170. 629 on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey and Scott File here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Give us your text at 918-262-5072. Which game are you looking forward to the most this weekend? You got some picks for OU Iowa State? Love to hear them. 918-262-5072 on the Blitz.
0: Friday Night Lights. One program has separated themselves on a local and national level. Founded in 1917, one of the most dominant programs in high school football. Legendary coaches, players, and championships. This is Jenks Trojan Football. Trojan Football on the Blitz is brought to you by Waldo's Chicken, Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe, the Tulsa Oilers, and by Chris Nickel Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram. Trojan's Football on the Blitz. And streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino.
3: This is
1: the Blitz 1170, streaming on the Blitz 1170 app, 635 here on a Friday drive to work. Good morning, welcome in. We are about 71 degrees, really pleasant outside. It got warm yesterday, Scott File.
2: Yeah, it was hot, but... Uh, you know, once we got closer to kickoff, a little after, oh, it was the sun, oh yeah, it was great. There was a nice breeze, and mm-hmm. yeah, once the sun pretty much went down, yeah, it was really nice. But after. it was warm. It oh, to yeah, get to it
1: was. 91-ish. If, if that had been, you know, had this been a Saturday, you know, 11 a.m. game, people would have baked out there. Going to be in the 90s in the next couple of days, though. We've got a little bit last of vestige here, if you will, of summer kind of hanging on. All right, we're going to get to that Kevin Wilson from postgame in a moment, and we'll preview Oklahoma-Iowa State first, that recruiting news yesterday, and you might I might have heard this yesterday afternoon because it happened yesterday afternoon. Terry Bussey, that five-star athlete from Timpson, Texas, he has chosen A&M over Oklahoma. Sooners were in this one till the end, and nationally, they really didn't, most pundits, if you will, didn't think the Oklahoma would stay in this race for this guy. He's a Texas guy. He had Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, LSU, and Oklahoma in his final group, and they thought the Sooners would drop, and they didn't. They were able to hang in there for him. This cat is only 5'10", 180 pounds. He is ranked the number one athlete in America. But at 5'10", 180, get what he racked up as a junior. Have you seen his number, Scott? No. So he had 115 tackles and five interceptions. That's That's fine. <laughs> 4,773 yards. That's it? <laughs> yeah, 72 touchdowns. Seventy-two touchdowns in one season. Yep, as a junior, doesn't stink. <laughs> that guys, 5'10", 180. Holy cow! Now, all right. So you say to yourself right then, but the Sooners have done well, right? They've done fine. As a matter of fact, if you look at twenty-four sevens overall recruiting rankings, they're doing all right. Georgia number one in those. Ohio State two. A and M. Now up to three, so after Jimbo had the huge class two years ago, and again, we knew they weren't all going to stay, and they didn't. But a good portion of them, quietly, a lot of those defensive linemen did stay, which is why suddenly they're playing really good defense down there. Um, and, and a couple of those receivers stayed, too, which is why, again, that's a really good receiver group right about now. But they move up to three, Florida four, Alabama five, Florida State six, and Oklahoma seven. So that's that's not a bad spot for the Sooners, and that's even after losing out to that cat yesterday. So if you go strictly, for instance, let's say Big 12, which remember, now we're talking about next year, so Oklahoma and Texas are out of it. Number one recruiting class right now for 2024, and again, I know what this is like because none of these guys have played it down, but it might surprise you. Who would you guess for the Big 12? I'm going to say Central Florida. Texas Tech. Then Central Florida. Then Arizona. So two of the three newcomers and one new newcomer are top three, at least as of right now. And, of course, these are just predictions. Then TCU, then Cincinnati, then West Virginia, then Kansas, then Arizona State, Iowa State, Baylor. They have Oklahoma State's class right now ranked 11th. Now, that's for next year. And, again, that's just, you know, guesses. Now, when you go to the SEC, where Oklahoma –
2: Where's Colorado? I'm surprised you didn't hear Colorado Then there.
1: They are – let's see, 14. Utah's at 13, and you'd think they'd be higher than Houston. And Kansas State's last, at least as of right now. Now, that's, again, keep in mind what we're talking about here. If you go over to the SEC, of course, Georgia won A&M, two, Then Florida, Alabama, Oklahoma ranks five. Uh, and if you go, you know, you're looking for Texas, they're all the way down. I say all the way down. They're down at nine. I mean, that's just some recruiting news from yesterday. And, you know, yeah, it's going to hurt that you missed out on Bussy, but they're still in it for several other big names. But that one right there got away a little bit yesterday. All right, 638, let's get to our postgame comments. Tulsa winning last night, 48-26 over Temple. And honestly, the last touchdown was a give up. I say give up. Um, Temple had their first team offense out. Tulsa... If you looked out there in that last drive, you would say, well, man, you'd really like to have more depth than that. you got to realize they go about too deep everywhere. And as you see, Scott, they play them all. Uh, you're, you're, you're watching defensive linemen, linebackers, and D-backs. A lot running, of rotation. Running, yeah, yeah. A lot of rotation out there. So on that last drive last night, there are players out there nobody recognized. And these are guys that in many cases are actually third, third guy up who had an opportunity to go play. And so they left E.J. Warner and the first team out out there for Temple, and they kind of rolled down the field and got that final touchdown. But it was 48-26, and it really wasn't that close. Cardell Williams had 244 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks. He rushed for 90 yards and a touchdown. They held Temple to 313 yards. E.J. Warner, now you've seen him live, and you know exactly what I meant, right? He's not his dad. He is (laughs) not his dad, no. 27-49, two touchdowns and one pick. And you'll notice, too, and it makes me giggle, Man, he does not like pressure. No. Somebody gets within 7 yards of that dude and he's going to fire it up in the stands and twice last night he threw it into the stands. <laughs> he did, yeah.
2: <laughs> he was just getting rid Yeah, of he it. got nervous, you know. You're you're right. Even time there any there was just the sniff of pressure. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he was out. He didn't. Not, he wanted none of it, and he got rid of it pretty quick. They ran. Tulsa did for 289 yards last night. Now it was tough sledding until the second half. Uh, now to go to three and two in the year. So post game, as we talked to Kevin Wilson, uh, that's Jeremy Poplin and myself. First thing I said was, "Hey, look, you made no bones about how Northern Illinois in this game were a key part of your season. Now you've won those two games. How do you feel?" Here's what he said:
5: "We appreciate them for." Uh you know buying into that you know we weren't and we we talked about that back in the summer and we just knew we're playing a couple of really good teams it's gonna be hard i was concerned that we were trying some different things to give us a chance to be competitive did we get better i think that hurt us a little bit last week at the first of that game but we had a great short week stumbled into with our academics here we got a bunch of afternoon classes had an evening practice on monday with the morning walkthrough we said let's do it tuesday let's have a walkthrough and in practice, too, it was shorter practices, but we had walkthroughs. Our kids knew what we were doing. We were fresh. Uh, we did just a little bit of hitting. I thought physically we played well. We took care of the ball, which was, which was really good to see. Defense played well. We got some things to clean up. That was, that was a strong, good team win. Proud of our guys for, for buying what we're trying to do. It's uh, very encouraging, I'm very appreciative of our seniors. And we're trying to build a program. But I'm also, as long. I want these. We got a bunch of guys already graduated. And they're here for a reason, and it's really to have a good football season. And I want them to finish that thing off the right way, so I'm happy for those guys.
3: I hear Coach Switzer talking about maturity, and it's mainly to, to his bunch. But in terms of just maturity overall, what have you learned about the mature nature of this team that you have right now?
5: Well, I thought it was obvious the first couple games, or game one and three, when we turned it over like last week, our defense has some maturity and, and put in bad situations. They battled and gave us a chance in, in Two games, game one and game four. So that gave us some confidence. I was concerned offensively. We have some mature linemen, but a lot of our skill guys are immature and we were turning the ball over and having a lot of picks. It's really, like, I thought like a great play we, we tried, we did tonight. I don't think anyone noticed, but it was a, th- a third down the scoring zone and we were up, I think 13 points and we tried to throw a pass down the field that wasn't there and Cardo stepped up and found the running back and it came up a yard short and we kicked the field goal to go up 16, but he didn't throw it to them. And and I, it was it was a great decision because we expected another coverage. They really covered what we were doing, and he found a checkdown that I just thought was awesome. I thought he had a throwaway at the end. It was awesome. So I think again you're seeing so those guys growing. I think what Coach Switch is talking about with Marquise and Devin and and Braylon Presley, those guys growing because they're they're young. It's their first time playing.
1: And they've made some big, big plays. You know, you talk about your defense. You get them interception, fumble, and downs on their last three possessions in the first half. Got a touchdown in there. I know you'd like to add another one. But that defense not only kept you in it, they gave you extra chances. Sure sure did.
5: And and great job with, with the turnovers. They converted two fourth downs on one drive. But then the third one, we stopped them. So even though they got it, just keep playing. Play the next play. Play the next play. And sooner or later, if you keep playing, a lot of offenses typically, as an offense coach, will screw it up somewhere. Somebody will make a mistake, have a turnover, have a bad play, you get off schedule. Okay. So, again, credit for the defense. That's a part of that maturity and, and, and those guys battling for. Us. So
3: good to see. I, I know you're a big details guy. One of the things that I noticed this evening we pointed out on the broadcast was I thought your wide receivers did a good job of being able to block downfield. You know, Rimpert locked up his guy on the, on the Taj Gary touchdown run. Uh, how has that progressed from what, how you see
5: it? I mean, it's 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 good. It's good to see because again, we're. In we're young and not as strong or as big as you'd like to be. So I think the more they play, the more confident. I think we did a great job coming out spring through summer and preseason of establishing some toughness. And right now in our practices, I don't think we're having to, quote, beat our guys up to get them tough. I think they're tight. I think they believe they're getting tougher. I mean, before the game, Coach Drain said, you got a tough team. And I appreciate that because that's a choice. And there's a way you need to practice, a way, but also don't need to get our guys banged up. And we came out of the OU-Washington game, I think, tougher but not banged up. And we are able the last two weeks to to do well. We need to stay strong, down the stress, a lot of ball to play, a lot of great teams are going to play within the conference. But it's good to see the the receivers and those guys get tougher. It's good to see our DBs tackle and get guys on the ground. We just got to keep growing.
1: And you talk about Nick. I mean, he had about a 30-yard block when Cardell's touchdown run where he took a guy all the way into the end zone. Another key moment, I thought, they get the kickoff return, you come right back and you score the touchdown right yeah. there. When they could have flipped momentum, that's a great point in this
5: game. It was because, again, the defense has played well and not given up a touchdown, you know, and, and, and we let it out. And all of a sudden you go from thinking maybe, I guess you never think you have it, but, like, you got a little breathing room and now we're right back to where we were. So that was a really good play by Cardell in the pull. On the run and and and, and a couple of good. I think it was that the drive. I think we had the, um, was that Cardell's run or was that the long pass that was, to? Uh,
1: that was actually Cardell's run. That was
5: Cardell's run because the other one I thought was a pretty good drive. It got us going. Was the long pass and great catch by yeah, Devin yeah. They got us down. We bogged that one down in field goal. That was the first drive. So we tried to not take the accelerate off with the new clock rules. We did stall the fourth quarter a little right. bit and just let clock run. It let clock run and we were able to finish some good drives and get some good scores. What did you see from your offensive line tonight? Uh, you know, we're gaining, uh, and the tight ends are helping them out too. That's a good group. When you say line at me, you're, you're talking about Ethan and, and Luke McGarry too. Cowboy and, and Luke are two good players. Uh, but the, they're gaining, and we're getting better in pass pro. And uh, it, it, we're, we're going to have to keep them going down the stretch. I think the O-line, D-line, the front, the front of our team needs to be a pretty solid strength each week. Need to give us a chance to, to have a little bit of game control if we can control the last scrimmage. Well,
1: and now you had the short week, but you got a little bit of a longer week. And I know you got a lot of classroom going for these guys as well. But you have an opportunity to get some guys, any little nicks, a little bit better. So how do you spend the extra time?
5: Yeah, I think well, well, we'll go tomorrow because this is, was, was, I mean, we didn't even really watch the last game. So tomorrow's going to be a young guy practice day, and the old guys are going to lift and watch tape. Saturday's off. We'll come in Sunday and have a a longer but light practice and install a lot of things we want. Then we're into a regular game week off. Tuesday, good practice. Wednesday, good practice. Wrap it up and travel. Come off of that one with a long week prior prior to rice so i thought our guys battled the 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 preseason heat uh the concert moving around all the things we dealt with they handled that awesomely and now we're we're kind of getting through these thursday night games we can get into some rhythm and hopefully play strong down the stretch a lot of work to do and i appreciate that was really a good crowd that was a great crowd on thursday night i appreciate our fans being there i meant a lot to our kids i talked to our our players about making sure to appreciate those fans that was a great crowd tonight
1: yeah, you know, That's the last thing there Kevin Wilson said. As I mentioned, he had said that to his team, and I uh, heard him say it to them in the locker room, and then he told us the very same thing. Well, he said something there that was really interesting, Scott, and we'll take, this, we'll take a break here in a couple of minutes, and we'll get to this day in sports history with Scott. He said, you know, we had a couple of really hard games, and what he was talking about was Washington Oklahoma, and he said, what I was concerned about is we were trying some things there, and maybe we didn't improve. That's a really interesting introspective comment. You play games like that, and you want to win. There's no question you want to win, but let's be realistic. You don't go in there knowing that you have a better football team than Washington or Oklahoma. You don't. You could. You, of course, you can win. That's like we said yesterday. That's why one in sixteen upsets happen in the NCAA tournament. But you have to play perfect. You have to have. You have to have breaks, and they have to help you. And neither of those teams did that. <laughs> you know, they were both really good, and Oklahoma and Washington won the games. But, you know, sometimes coaches will get so tied up in look, I have to do anything I can to try to win or play better in this game. And your team doesn't improve on what they're trying to do for later in the season. And when he says over and over again, we're a developmental program, that's what he means. is They didn't set aside much of their game plan and change things specifically to target two games that you're unlikely to win anyway. You certainly have a chance, but you're unlikely to win those games. And that, you know, I don't, I've never heard a coach say that. I'm sure there have been coaches who have had that plan. I've never heard a guy just say right out loud, I was worried that we, you know, that we wouldn't get better during those games. And you can look at games where you lose by 30 and say, well, what do you mean you got better? But for what you want to approve later and what you want to do later, you can get better in a game like that. I thought that. Showed right there how that guy thinks,
2: and he mentioned it too uh, several times in the post game with us in the media about how well practice has been going, and you've seen guys, you know, practice better, and you know they're adjusting to what you mentioned, what Kevin Wilson's practices are like. You, guys, guys are now adjusting to what those, and they are growing and they are getting better, and that's in turn you're seeing it on the field.
1: As a matter of fact, Dane Hodge, who we had post game last night, the young man said. You know, when he first got here, Coach, he said, it's really hard. Practice some more. Practice longer. More study. More film. He said, you know, and he's a walk-on. He mm-hmm. said, I, I heard several times I asked myself, man, is this worth it? Uh, but then he said, it's paying off. And, and he said, this has not been easy. I mean, it's not that Coach Wilson's out there railing on guys. It's not. But, but they, they work them. And they have a, they've adjusted the Dappen. And as a guy who's been in those locker rooms for a long time at the, with this team, this is a different attitude. And it's really refreshing. 649 on the Blitz 1170. He's Scott File. I'm Rick Corey. This is the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. All right, coming back in a moment with this day in sports history with Scott. At 710, Amanda Blair from the Tulsa State Fair. Because after all, man cannot survive on football and sports alone. He must also have a corn dog or a funnel cake or a fried Twinkie. Whatever it is, you can find it at the Tulsa State Fair. Amanda will tell us about all the new offerings. At 730, Keith Riggs, head football coach at Jinx and John Walters, the Iowa State play-by-play voice at 810 this morning. All right here on the Blitz 1170.
0: The Blitz is teaming up with Miller Lite to send you to see the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's World. Every Thursday, join us live from 3 to 6 inside River Spirit Casino Resort Scoreboard Sports Bar. Colby and Pop will have a QR code for you to scan. And boom, you're entered. Yep, it's that easy. For a list of all the games, head over to theblitztulsa.com. The Blitz is sending you to the Big D from our friends at Miller Lite. The Blitz 1170, your new home for the Dallas Cowboys cowboys the blitz 1170 is streaming live on the blitz 1170 app and online at the blitz 656
1: and we are streaming live right here on the blitz 1170 app plus you can hear us of course Right there at the Blitz 1170. Recording Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on this Friday drive to work. I want to remind you we want to give you an opportunity to go see the Dallas Cowboys play on Thanksgiving against the Washington Commanders. And all you have to do to have an opportunity to win those tickets plus the $500 spending cash we give out is to go out when you see Pop and Colby on those Thursday road shows they have out at River Spirit Casino at the Scoreboard Sports Bar. Go out there, see them, stop by, and they're going to have a way for you to sign up right there to win tickets to see the Cowboys in Washington on Thanksgiving Day plus $500 spending cash. And remember, too, you can sign up for Dallas Cowboys tickets regular season games, just regular, not Thanksgiving, I should put it like that, Anytime you'd like to, by texting Dallas to the word 918-262-5072. Just text Dallas to 918-262-5072. All right, coming up in about 13 minutes, Amanda Blair from the State Fair, Keith Riggs from Jinx at 730, and John Water Walters, the play-by-play voice of Iowa State, about 810. But right now, Scott is bursting at the seams to inform us about this.
0: Scott File has so many things filed away in his brain, he has to let some of it out to keep his head from exploding. He lets it out once a day with This Day in Sports History on The Blitz 1170. Seriously, the dude is like the History Channel, the rain man of sports trivia.
2: Well, I don't know if I want to burst at the seams. I've already made one mess in the last 12 hours. I don't know if I want to make another one. But we start our journey in the sports world on this Friday in the year 1793. That's when the sport of tennis is first mentioned in an English sporting magazine. 1880, the first professional baseball games played at the Polo Grounds in New York. The New York Metropolitans beat the Washington Nationals 4-2 in five innings. And speaking of the Washington Major League team, in 1913, the Senators, Walter Johnson, wins his 36th game of the season. 1914, the Boston Braves, who were in last place in mid-July, clinched the National League League pennant. And speaking of pennants, in 1915, the Philadelphia Phillies clinched their first pennant in franchise history. 1920, Yankees slugger Babe Ruth sets a then-Major League Baseball home run season record at 54 with a ninth-inning shot off Dave Keefe in New York's 73 win at the Philadelphia A's. 1923, the PGA Championship at Pelham Country Club, defending champ Gene Sarazen, beats Walter Hagen in 38 holes for the third of his seven major titles. 1927, Babe Ruth ties a major league record by hitting grand slams in consecutive games. New York's 7-4 win versus the Philadelphia A's and the 15-4 rout of the Washington Senators. 1944, the St. Louis Browns are last in the American League in attendance. And only 6,100 fans show up to watch them sweep the Yankees in a doubleheader. 1946, the Los Angeles, previously Cleveland Rams, play their first NFL game in Los Angeles. 1954, Willie Mays, that famous moment of World Series history, that famous over-the-shoulder catch of Vic wirtz's 460-foot drive during Game 1 of the World Series. And in 1956, this musical masterpiece was gracing the airwaves.
0: Hi. Mickey. Mickey Who? You know who? The fellow with the celebrated swing. Oh, I
2: love Mickey. Mickey yes, that who? is the single you know I who? Love Mickey, which features Mickey Mantle and Teresa Brewer, and it made its peak at number eighty-seven today. Way to go, there's the commerce comet. Yeah, and in nineteen fifty-six, maybe he was bolstered by that singing appearance there. Mantle hit his fifty-second home run of the season. 1963, the Cardinals celebrate Stan Musial Day in St. Louis for Stan Musial's final game, where he gets hits number 3629 and 3630. 1969, Steve O'Neill of the New York Jets kicks the longest NFL punt, 98 yards, against Denver. 1976, Tommy Lasorda replaces Walter Alston as the Los Angeles Dodgers manager. 1977, Muhammad Ali beats Ernie Shavers by unanimous decision over 15 rounds in New York City for the WBA, WBC, and the Ring heavyweight boxing titles. 1985, the Dallas Cowboys sack Houston quarterback Warren Moon 12 times. That ties an NFL record. 1986, Cubs pitcher Greg Maddox beats Philadelphia pitcher Mike Maddox. It's the first time rookie brothers have faced each other. 1986, the Indians' Jay Bells tenth to hit a home run on his first major league pitch that he sees. 1987, New York Yankee Don Mattingly hits his record sixth Grand Slam of the Year. 1988, it was another big day for the Americans at the Seoul Olympics. Let's start with Jackie Joyner Kersey. She wins her second gold medal of the Games by taking the long jump with an Olympic record of 7.4 meters. She'd previously won the heptathlon. Also, Florence Griffith Joyner sets the women's 200 meter world record at 21.34. She completes the double sprint at the Seoul Olympics. The U.S. men's basketball team beats Australia seventy-eight to forty-nine to take the bronze medal. It's the last time the U.S. is represented by a team that does not feature NBA players. And finally, the U.S. women's basketball team wins gold in Seoul with a 77-70 win over Yugoslavia. Stargard Teresa Edwards is top scorer for the Americans with eighteen points. Nineteen ninety-four, the first phase of the O.J. Simpson murder trial selection begins. Three hundred and four possible jurors are were selected. And one year later, the trial goes to jury. 1995 as well, the NHL and NHL Players Association strike a deal to allow players to participate in the 98 Winter Olympics in Nagano, Japan. 1996, the Houston Astros retire Nolan Ryan's number 34. 2002, Seattle running back Sean Alexander sets an NFL record for the most touchdowns in a half with five in the first half of a 48-23 win over the Minnesota Vikings. He runs for four, plus he had an 80-yard touchdown reception. And finally, also in 2002, after losing to Iowa State, Nebraska drops out of the AP Top 25 football poll after being ranked for 348 consecutive weeks. The last time Nebraska was missing from the poll, October 5th, 1981. Happy birthday to former Kansas City Royal pitcher and two-time All-Star Steve Busby. He's 74. Former Chicago Bull, great. John Paxson turned 63 today. And former outfielder with the Brewers, Rob Deere, also turns 63 today. Ken Norton Jr., of course, won a couple Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. He turns 57 today. Hall of Fame Lions wide receiver Calvin Johnson is 38. And the man who, uh, his name is still kind of, he's up there kind of with Lincoln Riley. In these parts, anyway, when you mention his name, Kevin Durant. He turns (laughs) Thirty-five today. And that's a look at this day in sports history.
1: Yeah, well, someday we should do a ranking of most hated guys who have been. Uh, I guess it could be guys or ladies who have been in and out of the state when it comes to sports. You know, once, once somebody if they're on your team, they're great. We're naming our kids Lincoln and Riley and all those kinds of things, and then you leave, and not only do they want to change that, but they want to change the name of the city Durant. <laughs> they actually did change it to Westbrook for a day. Yeah,
2: for a day. Yeah, I, you wonder if because you know eventually his number is going to get retired by oh, the yeah. Thunder. Will he come back? I'm sure he'll come back. What will those fences ever get mended? I guess time is my heals question. all
1: wounds, just does. I mean, uh, it, uh, how many times have you seen splits remain forever? I mean, I'm sure it's happened, it's not that long. 704 on the Blitz 1170. All right, let's look around sports, shall we? Uh, are you a fan of the Harry Potter films at all? I am not. No, I, I know I've, of, I've never really gotten into him. Never know a lot of people who do. You know, uh, the first Dumbledore in Harry Potter, who's you know the guy who runs Hogwarts, he's the headmaster, was Richard Harris, and he passed away. And after he died, Michael Gambon became the next Dumbledore, and now he's dead. You know, they said they're not going to do any more Harry Potter films. Well, you're going to find a new Dumbledore if you do. At 82 years old, he died of pneumonia. So I I don't know if he just had other issues or other problems, and that's what got him. But there will be no more Dumbledore, at least for that. You know, we have read before, we've had ratings for the best cities in a zombie apocalypse. And, yes, they are completely made up for the most part, although they do have metrics they go by. Well, now a guy in Oregon, this is not surprisingly a Florida man. It's an Oregon man who maybe is overall distraught about the whole Pac-12 thing, breaks into... A, a, a county office in Wadham County, Washington breaks into a sheriff's department and starts stealing equipment. And he, I mean, he stole ammunition, he stole vests, you know, the, the tactical gear, he stole radios, all that stuff. And when they caught him, his thing was, I'm just getting ready for the zombie apocalypse. That was his reasoning.
2: He's just getting prepared.
1: Well, that's all he's doing. I mean, you know, we can let preppers buy food. Right? Oh, I get this. Well, of course, you can't steal it. Uh, that was his excuse. And, you know, you'd think, all right, he's just making it up. No, they kind of believed him. I, I don't know if you saw this one or not. Louisiana State Police show up to an accident near Baton Rouge, and there are three cars involved. One person's actually injured. And when they show up, they realize there are dead pigs all over the highway. And so you're thinking, all right, so there's a—, a I hope a, the pigs weren't driving. No, they were not. They were not. No, but they, they're they still fatalities. And you're thinking, how did this happen? It must have been, you know, maybe a truck hauling those pigs was involved in the accident. Nope. Truck hauling the pigs was not involved in the accident. They found the truck later on. Somehow the pigs started spilling out all over to the highway. Oh. And that is how the accident happened. And then you had 30 dead pigs. You had a lot of bacon all over the highway there, including having one person injured. And I will tell you anecdote. well, not anecdotally, for something that, that happened to me once, many years ago. There was an accident out on 169 coming into Tulsa from Owasso. And it was still just right there in Owasso. And I think we were about 96th Street uh, north, something in that range, Scott. And we just heard about it, and and I was sent out there to cover it. It was a rendering truck, from a a truck from a rendering plant. You know what rendering is from animals, right? They take that and they make other products out of that. And they had spilled all over the highway. Oh. It is to this day one of the two worst smells I've ever been around in my life. I got there, and one of the, one of the deputies and one of the cops from Owasso, they, are, they had s- tissues stuck up their nose, and they were talking to the baby like this, like the Calais and stuff stuck up in their nose. Oh, my Lord. Now, in this case, these pigs were freshly dead. Still, I cannot imagine, nor do I ever want to imagine, how bad that smell must have been. Oh, and I want to tell you about this, too. Next time you go down a water slide, I know we're ending summer, but next time you go down a water slide, make sure you cross your legs. A Lady in Disney World, going down the 214-foot Typhoon Lagoon slide. I've actually been on this one. Called Humonga Cowabunga. <laughs> yeah, I know it's what it's called. And it's, I mean, it's big. I mean, when you get up there, you'll swear you're looking at the curvature of the earth, and it's 214 feet. She actually ended up having to go to the hospital and get treated. And her doctor says she might have eventual damage that lasts for maybe her life from a wedgie. Now they like ow. They always tell you to cross your legs, right? Well, she bounced up in the air toward the end of it because it's got a pretty good bottom to it, and apparently her legs came open, and then she hit the water, and it. She was so injured they had to take her to a hospital and then to a second hospital, where they said she had damage to you can imagine what, and some of her internal organs. She and her husband now suing Disney for fifty thousand dollars I, I i don't know why i mean i mean i know why because you can you can sue anybody for anything but i look i'm just telling you here's a tip from your uncle rick cross your legs <laughs> and whatever you do don't uncross them just saying that kind of wedgie makes me uncomfortable so think about yes. that yeah definitely. as you're having your breakfast and right now i know what you're doing you're kind of oh you're kind of shifting in your seat a little bit yeah yeah Yes, I feel for this poor lady. Let's hope everything goes all right. 710 on the Blitz 1170. That's around sports, if you will. Rick Corrine, Scott File here in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. All right, what do you want to eat on a stick? Oh, so much to do at the Tulsa State Fair. We're going to have a short visit with Amanda Blair from the State Fair. Coming up next, still to come Keith Riggs from Jinx at 730 and John Walters, the Iowa State play-by-play voice, breaking down Oklahoma-Iowa State in about an hour. This is the Morning Blitz on a Friday drive to work.
0: Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless. This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless, available online at bravadowireless.com.